Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and I'm back after a brief hiatus as I took some time just to recharge and reflect on this podcast, look at what's going well so far, and how can I get better going forward. As there's always room for improvement in anything that you're doing, especially when you're starting off. And I also think that that period of reflection is crucial for anybody who's truly serious about their craft as they're looking to grow and expand over time. But nonetheless, I'm back and I'm ready to get this back on track. So yesterday, what I did, I had a conversation with my homie, Tori, who is a filmmaker and digital creator, founder of T-Press Productions. Now, this particular pod was really, really, really dope to me. And the reason I say that is because while I've known Tori for over several years, I found out within the last year and a half, two years that he was into videography. And I always wanted to ask him about that and just find out like where did that passion derive from? But I never got a chance to do that until this podcast. Um, and also, too, when I have um, people on that I'm interviewing, I always struggle with whether or not I should have a particular set of questions to ask um, for the show. But with Tori, I felt like I didn't have to do that, that that wouldn't be necessary because I felt like I would be intrigued enough um, with his response to my to my uh initial question that the conversation would essentially flow seamlessly and would be real organic. And it comes out that that was in fact the case. Um, We talked about, um, you know, his passion for um, filmmaking and being a digital creator um, when he um, started the T-Press Productions. Also talked about some classic TV shows that we grew up on. And we also touched on the resumption of the NBA season that's coming up at the end of the month. Um, so overall, this was really a, a dope um, conversation that we both learned a lot about each other that we po- that we didn't know before. Uh, and it really shows in this episode. But enough about that. Let's get into it right now. Here it is. It's the Mr. Vincent podcast, episode 46. Tap in. On the line now, my man, Tori, how you doing, family? I'm good, Z. I'm good, bro. Can't complain, man. Taking this one day at a time. How about you? Uh, same here, man. Just trying to get by. How's the family doing? Family's good. Family's good. Cannot complain. Everyone is uh, safe, healthy. Little man is getting bigger, faster by the moment. It's getting tougher to keep up with him. But yeah, by God's grace, man, we all doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. So how old is he now? He's three. Wow. Three, three going on 30. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's crazy, man. Um, time flies by like, wow, three years old already. You're telling me, Hey, listen, I, I got to look at his old baby pictures just to keep everything in perspective. <laughs> I'm like, wait, he, he was small at one point. Yeah, man. He's, oh man. It's good. But take your time. But when, when that time comes for you, man, you'll see like how wild it is because we, we would chill. Like we were babies and like our personalities develop and it's nuts, man. You could, kind of see how he is now and, and what's going on. And you can see that they test the boundaries a little bit more like they understand. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's a blessing. Um, you know, it's a tough work, but it's, it is a blessing though. You know, can't no, I, no, definitely. That's like the ultimate blessing, but, um, I'm, I'm straight, I'm straight for now. A lot of my boys got kids, so I can play with them and give them back. <laughs> you know, I hate, uh, I, rentals, I'll right? wait for like at least a few more years. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you been um, keeping up, um, keeping yourself busy during this quarantine? Uh, man, just trying to stay productive, bro, to be completely honest with you, man. Um, you know, trying to stick with uh, the uh, 
the media thing, um, you know, trying to figure out ways to expand uh, my skill set. As, as you know, you and I were talking before, you know, trying to learn new things, trying to keep my mind wondering, reading a lot. You know, I've been one of the good things about being stuck at home was that you, you know, you your mind is forced to entertain itself in different ways. And so, you know, books and just learning new things, learning new, for me, it's editing software and experimenting with different types of editing and learning about the camera stuff, you know, just trying to sharpen the sword, you know, that that's primarily how I've been getting my stuff done, man. The, the home workouts, they ain't hitting like, like before in, in the beginning, you know, it was cool. Like you could push ups and all that, but as it got down to it, you know, I, you need the gym. So that's, that's another, uh, that's another struggle in and of itself, man, but just trying to stay busy. Trying to stay busy. Oh no, I had that. I'm actually about to hit the gym. Um, LA Fitness next to my crib after this. Uh, we record this episode here because they opened up last Monday. It's open. So, I mean, yeah, it's open next to my oh, crib. Oh yeah. man, you lit. Is it packed? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there yet. I went there to go get some paperwork so I can get reimbursed for my uh fitness reimbursement through my uh, job. But okay, okay. I went there like kind of like in the afternoon, so it's kind of dead. But I'm gonna go today just to go do some cardio, lift some some free weights because it's been a while since so I hit the gym. Like you said, like it's Max, that Max. whole workout. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the same at all. So doing it for uh, a few weeks, I was like, yeah, this is, this is just trash. <laughs> I, need, I need the gym. <laughs> yeah, I try to do the squat, the body squats. Like, nah, fam, this ain't it. This is garbage. Yeah, you lucky. Facts. You lucky, man. Yeah, so um, the media thing, you've been able to, are you still working on, like, projects, like, even during this pandemic? Yeah, man, yeah. Um, so I've been I've been blessed to work with, um, you know, a few a few people who have uh, who are motivated and, and driven, and they've kind of you know taken me along with them. You know, like, like um, the Millie blog with, with Manoush and Chris and, and Rodney. Uh, you know what they're doing. Um, Rob Lou with what he's doing um, with um, Devoted Dynasty Entertainment. You know, just I, they have asked me to come along with them in their journey. We started before all this, and you know they're they're still trying to keep things going so like with rob lou for instance he's uh well actually we're about to wrap up the last episode but he uh, he had an idea for the get back which is like a um an online fitness reality show um okay yeah, yeah. and you know we put out at first we were putting out no no we still do we put out um two episodes a week so i mean you know we're editing like all week you know both episodes and at first we were doing it through zoom like just like we just like you and i were just talking about the, the home workouts um so long just to explain it a little bit um, there's four, it's a, it's a competition, uh, winner of the competition wins $250. Um, there's four trainers and four trainees, four people who are trying to get back in shape and four, four personal trainers who are training them. And they're four, there are four teams, um, teams of two. And so basically they're, they're, they're training them through home workouts because, you know, Corona, we can't meet up or we couldn't meet up. So they're training them through those workouts. Um, and, you know, they're losing weight and they, they we're making it a journey. So Rob Lou had an idea of making that a TV show. Um, and so, you know, I've been editing that with him and working on that. Um, if you go on my IG, you'll see all, you know, you'll see all that's a promotion for that. Um, with the Millie blog, you know, they just finished their Money Moves 2 series. Um, you know, real educational stuff, th- things that, you know, a lot of people don't really think about, you know, millennials like you and I don't think about. Um, so they just finished that series and I was helping them with that, helping them edit that. Um, people have been sending me stuff, you know, I, it's, it's this, just like I said, like Corona, it's, it's tough, man, because like, it's so unprecedented. You feel me? Like we, we just have to figure out ways to stay productive and figure out ways to continue what we're doing. You know, like this, although it is a hurdle, it can't completely stop you from what you're trying to do. So, I mean, I've been blessed enough to work with people who are, who have given me a chance to work around, such hurdles um so yeah man I, i've been I'm still a lot of editing like my editing game is clean man like you mm-hmm. know it's like i'm 
locked in the gym and all I could do is shoot. Like I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, injury, I can only shoot, in the, but I can't dribble nothing. But yeah, 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 you feel me? So yeah, so I've, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, Since stuff, you know, what are we in phase three now? Since phase yeah. three started or phase two. So I think since phase two, we're in phase three, but since phase two has started, um, I've been able to kind of get out more though. You know, like stuff is opening back up. Like not that I'm going out or anything, but like where it's, it's now, uh, not as weird to be out so i've been able to shoot stuff with my camera like the uh the cambridge protest um that happened a while back you know after after uh everything that kind of a ripple effect of what's going on with, with george floyd and, and everything like that um the protest that was in uh the commons the cambridge commons i was able mm-hmm. to go out and shoot that you know i'm saying like that was the first time i didn't held the camera since you know in three months at that time so yeah yeah so uh, you know slowly but surely things are getting back to normal for for different people, but uh, yeah, I, I've just been able to kind of stay consistent with with what I'm trying to do here, and that's you know tell stories for people who are driven. Oh yeah, man, that's dope. Yeah, like you said, like we are like in uncharted, unprecedented times with this whole pandemic. But I feel like, I mean, I I hate the fact that this that that this had to happen where a lot of people had to like lose their mm-hmm. lives or mm-hmm. lose their jobs. But for me personally, I feel like this got me more focused than I've ever been with my craft, like with this podcast, because I've been doing this like. A year, a year and a half, I had this podcast, but I wasn't really like taking it seriously as I should have. Excellent. But once, once the uh, pandemic hit, I'm like, you know what? Everybody's home right now. I can get episodes. Um, I can get episodes rolling out. I'll make like a flyer of like when the next episode is going to come on. Put the number of the episode is going to be so people can get that attention. Um, get the attention of it and then look forward to it when it drops. And so far, like I've been getting a lot of good feedback. So yeah. um, this really got me focused with this and also my my writings too. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I don't think that I would have been where I am right now if it wasn't for this pandemic as fucked up as it sounds, but it, it's yeah, the yeah. truth. I, it, I don't know. I mean, look, you ain't lying, bro. I mean, I, you've been doing your thing for a while, too, and I, like I told you before, I remember, you know, you had the show um, in, mm-hmm. in, in the shop. You know, that was lit, and then um, you've been doing the pot. You've been, you know, doing your podcast, and, like, it just but from on the outside looking in, bro, like, no lie, you we can see the consistency in your, in your efforts. Like we see, you know, what your goal is. We see you working toward that goal and that's lit. That's why you get, you know, like you're getting better at it. And it's like, you, you, you have a knack for it. And like, you know, the sports thing, that's always been inside of you anyway, but yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, you've been, you've been putting in work for a while and this is just kind of another way of doing that. You know, like this is, you'll find a way to get some, get some shit done if you want to, if you really want to do it. So, yeah, I mean, you're completely right. Unfortunately, you know, for some people, this was a wake up call, you know, I mean, you know, it, one thing about, um, kind of everything shutting down is like, you know, when you're living your, I mean, this is the first time this has happened in our lifetime. So like when you're living your life, it's, you don't notice, you, you don't, you try to carve out time, but you don't really notice the time that you do have to, to, um, you know, pay credence to anything or, you know, you don't really notice the fact that time passes, you know, you're going to work, we're, we're hooping, we're, we're, our lives are so busy, you know, even, even when you're not really focused on anything, your life is busy, you know, you got a job and all that stuff. So when you really start to sit down um, or when you're forced to sit down and when you're forced to open your eyes and look at uh, what you really want to do or like, you know, who you really are, then, you know, it starts a fire in you. And, and for some people it has different effects for you. I mean, you know, it's pushing you further. You know, so yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's real. That's the same thing my sister said. She's a real estate agent, and like every other day before the whole pandemic hit, uh, she was like running around like a chicken with a with her head cut off. Mm-hmm. But then she said, like herself, but the pandemic like actually got her to slow down and like get her get her shit together and just you know to like help her take a deep breath, relax, get everything in order, and she's like she's happy for that at least. 
that mm-hmm. that's transpired out of this um, pandemic that we, ha- that we have. So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I feel like like you should not be the same person you were entering this pandemic as you are going to be after the pandemic is over. Yeah, there's something really, really wrong with that picture to me. Yeah, I hear you. You know, that's funny. It's funny. I, I heard people say that. Um, I feel I feel the same to an extent. Right. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I agree. Right. So it's like you if you shouldn't be the exact same. I mean, you shouldn't be the same person you were after four months anyway. Like, regardless, like you should be growing. Um, True. Just, just, I mean, that's just what I believe. Um, and like you should, you know, especially if you were working on something before, you shouldn't this shouldn't be stopping you from at least trying to to get better at whatever you want to get better at. Um, but at the same time, and it's funny, it's funny too, because I, I was, um, I heard, I think I read it or something. Um, I think T-Mac said something just like that. Like, if you don't come out of, you know, you don't come out of this uh, with a new skill, you have no discipline or something like that. Um, and I just like, the times are so weird, bro. Like, to be honest, like, this is, I, I think, so I think you're right. I think you should come out with a different perspective. You know, like, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't take things for granted as much. And, you know, you should take the time to to embrace the the primal love that you have in your life, whether that's family, whether that's significant other, whether that's your kids, like you should see things in a different light in terms of value. But in mm-hmm. terms of like getting stuff done, man, it's just like, bro, some people, just like you said, like your sister, she's a real estate agent, you know, she's flipping cribs and stuff. And it's like this, this break will allow her to just breathe. Like it'll allow her to just, take everything in like rest you know like catch up on some reading catch up on you know like talk to people you haven't talked to in, in years because you can't do anything else like we we're, we're in times that um you know unfortunate times that you know shouldn't really dictate if, if you're not affected by covid it shouldn't really dictate how productive you are after all this happens like it, i think like we're, we're, in, we're in a time where uh, not everyone, you know, pe- people are still trying to figure out how to beat this thing. Like, it, it, what if you have a family member that has COVID? You're not going to be as productive as, you know, someone who, who's just on their own chilling. Like, what if your family's out of, ta- out of state? I mean, and like, you don't really know. So it's like your, your mind may not be in a place of production or your mind may not be in a place of, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. I got to buckle down and buckle down. Like, your mind may be like, damn, I hope mom's is good today or I hope. My grandfather's, I mean, like, it, you may be thinking of different stuff. That's all I'm trying to say. But I do agree to, to your main point, bro. It's like, you, you, if, if you're, you know, if, if you're the same person or if your mind state, ha- mind state hasn't changed a little bit um, after all of this, like this, there's no way you can look at anything the same after all this. Like, stuff is closed down. That ain't never happened before. Like, you have to look at things in another perspective. You know, or you've been living under a rock for four months. So it's like, I agree. I agree with um, with what you're saying. But I just want people to know that, like, this doesn't mean that if you don't come out with a new skill or if you don't, uh, you know, pump out new content, that you're t- you're form- you have wasted four months of your life. I don't want people to think that. It's just like, you know, the, this, this shit's crazy. It's, and, you know, as long as you're as long as you have a mind state that. Um, allows you to grow and learn because that's basically what we're here for. Then I think you're in good shape. You feel me? Like that. I think that's exactly what you and I are trying to do now. You know, we're trying to educate, we're giving opportunities. And like, as long as you have a perspective and an outlook that continues to expand, I think you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, no, that's real. I mean, yeah, like a lot of people have had loved ones or even close friends who have 
know who have been diagnosed with COVID-19 or somebody's right, passed right. away. So that can take a toll on somebody in their mm-hmm. effort to evolve during this time. So, I mean, that, that's real. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I can see that. Um, so let's talk about uh, T Productions. Now, so how long has that, have you had that um, company? Because I think the first time I found out that you were into videography was like maybe two years ago, back on Watch Mondays when we was playing ball. I think um, Jeremy was saying how, what was his name? Jeremiah, oh, Jeremiah. was saying how, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that you was working on a project that you was going to come and shoot a video. I'm like, Tori shoots videos? I didn't ever, I didn't know that. <laughs> and then, and then last year at the, at the privilege joint, at the Doubletree, yeah, um, shout, shout, shout out to Viper, shout out to the privilege team, right. how um, you shot the, uh, a recap of, the, of that, that day. So did you, was this something that you went to school for or was this um, like a hobby that you always had that you wanted to make a career? Yeah, good question, bro. So T Press Productions. All right. So, and I remember, all right, just quickly, I remember when, when, um, when I saw you, at, because we got there early, remember? And it was raining. I remember yeah. I caught you there. You're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, bro, I, I do the video. And I got you. I put you in the video, too. I told you I would get you. But um, uh, that, that was fire. Yeah, 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 man. Appreciate you. But um, yeah, so T Press Productions, basically. So, all right, I'm, I'll, I'll make a, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make the story too long. But um, basically, you know, when I, when I got to college, a lot like 85% of new college students. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I mean, like, you know, I just knew that I'd be in college, you know, mom, moms made that abundantly clear when I, you know, when I was able to understand that. So I got to college, you know, I went to Lincoln University of Pennsylvania, which is an HBCU, by the way, the first one, the first HBCU ever. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. The first one, bro. Um, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lincoln is the first HBCU, like the first established HBCU. Yeah, first one ever, Lincoln University you know, of Pennsylvania. That's crazy because, like, if that's the case, why isn't it, like, talked about in the same breath as, like, a Morehouse or a Spellman, you know? Bro, bro that's a whole nother podcast, man. It's just, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, but, no, that's a good point because, you know, I think more prominent people have just gone to, I, you know, and different universities have, universities have different endowments. Like, more, um, I don't want to say famous, like, more, more prominent people have gone to, your Morehouses, your Howards, you know, your Spellmans. It's just like, and, you know, alumni contribute a lot to the finances of a university. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's, I mean, that's a great question, bro. But a lot of people Wait, don't know. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That makes sense now because I know, like, Spike Lee went to Morehouse. Yes, You've had right. uh, Fel- Felicia Rashad went to Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, Keisha Pulliam Knight, who played Rudy on the Cosby Show, she went to Spellman. So a lot of notable, I don't really know anybody who's like a public figure celebrity that went to Lincoln off the top of my head. Yeah. So Kwame Nkrumah, um, he's the, the first president of Ghana. He went to Lincoln. Um, who else, bro? I should, this is horrible. I shouldn't know this. Someone else. I don't want to, I don't want to lie though. I don't want to lie just for clout. Just so people get, <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, Thurgood Marshall, Langston Hughes, Kwame Nkrumah. There are a lot, man. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Thurgood Marshall went to Lincoln. No one knows that. And it's just like, there's. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just oh. like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's lit. And it's like, but, but I'm saying, like, I, you know, and, and I think part of. The uh, part of that narrative is the fact that, you know, like the, there's these people, are, you know, they've made huge contributions to, to 
to you know society and, and the African American community, but that you know they're no longer living. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no one that went to Lincoln that um no one prominent like that that went to Lincoln that could come back and talk to you about it. It's just like these people like um Melvin B. Tolson, right? Denzel played him in a movie. Mm-hmm. The, the great debaters, like the, he went to Lincoln. But like no one, you know, like you wouldn't, you know, no, I don't think that's in a movie. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it, yeah. And it's just, it's one of those universities where you know, people don't know where it is. I remember when I went there, bro, um, everyone asked me like, where, like, I, I guarantee you not one person knew where it was when I told them. I'm like, Lincoln University, like where? I always got that. Where? Where? And I'm just like, all right, well, I mean, an hour outside of Philly. So, I mean, but yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, so that, that's where I went, man. And yeah, that, that's a good question. Man, it, you know, some of these, some of these, uh, these lesser known HBCUs don't get the notoriety that the bigger ones get. And I mean, that's, that's probably, you know, that's again, like, um, you know, now that we're talking, not to, not to, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay on your question, but like now that we're talking about, you know, D1 players committing to um, HBCUs, right? Like Maker Maker, you know, Mikey Williams, I know it's entertaining that, entertaining that notion, but they're not talking about you know there's way more hbcus that they could they could go to than the ones that than the popular ones you know but you know those those really aren't um those really aren't mentioned uh but yeah yeah bro like the, the, a lot of the a lot of wild stories um a lot of powerful stories come from the hbcus that actually are lesser known um a lot okay of yeah yeah so i mean yeah um definitely get into that but yeah so i go to lincoln university of pennsylvania I know no one, right? Because I'm from Cambridge, so I, I don't know anyone <laughs> there. Um, you know, went there on the on the Dolly. Uh, didn't know anyone. You know, freshman year. You know how fre- freshman year usually goes. It's like, all right, you make friends, and it's like all that thing. All right, so now you got your your social. You know, you're, you're bearing socially. You know, you know who your guys are. You know, you know all this. Um, now let's get down to the education. It should be the other way around, but that's usually how it is in college, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, freshman year you take a lot of different types of classes, right? So, you know, you, you have kind of that grace period to, to kind of go through um, the academics before you, you know what you want to do. Um, and that's what I was doing first. I wanted to do business, but I, you know, I'm like, I, I'm not a numbers guy, bro. And like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then one thing I did know, though, is that I wanted to do something like as a career, like after school, I wanted to do something with sports, right? Hoop. Because that's, that's, you know, coming from the bridge, that's what we grow, what we grow up on. So I... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, um, I'm like, all right, well, I know I want to do sports, right? I know I want to do sports. Sophomore year, I, I kind of I have a better understanding of, like, what that would entail. So I reach out to, like, the AD and the athletics department and all these people, right? So I figured, all right, now I'm watching SportsCenter all the time, you know, first take and all this stuff, like, Maybe I can I can write for the school, right? Right, you know, write for the um the link Lincoln <laughs> Athletics, the paper. Right. the paper, yep. Um, so I you know speak to them and I befriend um Jonathan Marshall, who's uh he's uh, he's a great writer, man, great sports writer for for LU. Uh, that's that's my guy. Um, so uh I I get into that, right? I start writing for the basketball team and the football team, um, because the basketball team had just moved get moved up from D3. So they were a D3 powerhouse in the year I got there. They were, they had moved to D2, right? So that was a big thing. The football team, um, I guess, rejuvenated or they, they reinstated the football team after like a hundred years. Like after like 50, like after so like it was the first time 
Lincoln LU had a football team in like half a I'm gonna look that up too, man. I know it's not 100, but like half a like for so long. And so I'm like, okay, there's like there's stories all around the board. Even if we suck, there's still a story here, right? So um, that's kind of that's kind of where I kind of got my in. That's kind of where I where I got found my niche writing. I mean, I always like writing, even even at Ringe, I always like writing was always cool for me, bro, because like it was just another way for me to express myself. Um, okay. Yeah, and that and that's kind of what I started doing writing um, writing for the the paper. Um, you know, I, I you know got in cahoots with the the um, the people who shoot shoot the sports events as well. Um, I started announcing, you know, kind of doing the I would do color and play by play for for the. Um, for, for the basketball team and for the football team. I did it once for baseball, but I don't know anything about baseball, so that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't too cool. Um, and then, you know, I, I was doing that. I was writing, and then I was, uh, you know, doing doing the announcing. Um, and then I started getting more heavy into uh, – oh, and by, by this time, I would established my major as mass communications um, with a focus in broadcast journalism. So I had gotten a little bit more heavy into, like, um, you know, the broadcast portion of it. You know, like, like the, the cameras and the shoot the television shows and the films and and kind of all that stuff. Because like, you know, like and, and it's funny how it works, because, you know, you like these, you know, you like these things. Right. So, um, you know what you do like and you know what you don't like. That's like kind of like a way of figuring out what you want to do in your in life in general. Like, all right, I know what I don't like. What do I like? What have I loved my whole life? What can I make? How can I make a passion out of a uh, how can I make a career out of a passion? Um, and then I'm like, you know, I. I love TV, man. I love like movies. I love media. Like I, everyone does, but I really do. You know what I'm saying? So that, and that's kind of how it started. And then junior year, um, I was able to, I was able to be on a sports talk radio show for the school. Um, T time. It was funny. Me and my guy, Deontay, who actually works for ESPN right now, by the way, man, he's doing real big things. Um, Deontay. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, he set it up. Um, and then, yeah, I, I was on the radio. And like you know, you it's interesting too, cause like when you make a choice, and I think Will Smith's, uh, uh, it's ironic that I mentioned Will Smith, but I think <laughs> Will, Smith, Will Smith. We don't have to talk about the entanglements right now. We could. We could <laughs> yeah, man, that, that that whole story is crazy. But yeah, keep going. Story, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep, yeah, I'm gonna bypass that. But he he says something. Uh, he said something. I remember I was uh, like a YouTube interview. Um, and he said something real impactful to me. He's like, just make a decision, like decide and the universe is going to get out of your way. And that always stuck with me. So I'm like, all right, well, looking back, this is after school and everything, but like looking back on it, that's what I did. I like, I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. Media sports talk, you know, sports media. This is what I want to do. And then all of a sudden the, the, the stars started aligning, man. I got, I got, you know, my, my guy approached me for a, a, um, sports talk radio show i got to talk sports like you know i got the i did a pr project for the school basketball team i was still writing for them like it, it that's where like things started to work out um so you know i after school um like every other college grad i had to get a job right and so i kind of put everything on hold so i, I was in, i had all this stuff lined up and i'm just like you know what i, I just need a job so i started doing that um and i lost track of it you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't until recently the birth of my son or when I found out I was going to be a dad that reignited that flame. Just like we talked about, something opens your eyes, right? That's what yeah. opened my eyes. I'm like, all right, my son, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a dad now, so I can't, you know, I have to, this train got to go, bro. Like, I can't live a life of regret. Like, I have to do what I love doing. I die trying. 
So that's why, that's what made me uh, pick up the camera again. It's just like, all right, what do I want to do now? And I think it's real important that, um, and this is for everyone, bro. Like, I think everyone should realize that one of the first things you need to do when you establish a direction that you're going to go in, whether whatever it is, right? You have to define what success is for yourself. Like, mm. for me, you feel me? Like, for me, um, I'm still, I'm still, I'm leaning toward it, but I'm still trying to figure that out for me. Like, I know what I want T-Press Productions to be, right? I, I I want that. I want the main goal to be a film and television production studio. Um, but at the moment, you know, I'm, I'm the goal for, for T-Press Productions is lending services uh, primarily to creatives, um, minority creatives, creatives, creatives of color um, and businesses that are black owned, whether it be film, marketing, photography, editing, whatever they need. That's what I'm doing now. But the main goal, you know, is film and television. Now, I think people need to establish that because if not, you're, you're, you may get lost in the sauce a little bit. Something like this, COVID-19 um, or the quarantining, I'm sorry, um, may may throw you off base a little bit because you don't you don't know what direction you're going in. Right. And so just mm -hmm. like, like you, like, you know, you it, it seems as though you've established, you know, what, what you want, what you, what you want to get out of get out of uh, what you're doing. I'm saying like I remember you, yeah. I saw I saw a picture of you with Jamel Hill. Remember you took you posted that one? Remember that? Oh yeah, that was back at the um the National Association of Black Journalists. They have an annual convention career fair. That was actually in Boston that year, my yeah. first year ever going. So oh, I, I took a picture, I took a picture with her and Mike and um Michael Smith. Talking about yeah. that one. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, that one, yeah. Michael Smith. Um it's, Michael Smith used to go to used to go to Troy's too, bro. So but um oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, yeah. But I, that was like okay, I think. You know, I'm not. I don't want to speak for you, but like, I, I think, or correct me if I'm wrong. That was like a, a checkpoint for you. Like that was like, all right, I'm headed in the right direction. Like I've, I, I took a picture with two of the most successful sports writers that, like, out, you know, that are that have been doing this thing, bro. Like that are out right now, and it's just like that. You know, you have checkpoints that push you in the right direction. It's like, all right, th this just reaffirms what you want to do, and I think when you establish um, a goal, when you establish what success is for yourself, that mm -hmm. starts to happen. Um, but yeah, man. And then, you know, from that T press productions was born, um, right. It's just me at the moment, you know, again, I've only been, you know, really doing this for about a year and a half. Um, it's just me at the moment, but I like to say we, when I talk about it, because there will be a, we, there will be you know, we'll have a team. Um, and eventually, regardless of how long it takes, you know, there will be a film and television production studio. Um, that is manifested and that gives people, that gives voice to the voiceless man, gives people opportunity um, to tell stories that don't normally get that opportunity. Um, you know, right now I think we're in uh, kind of, you know, a, a lot of people have referenced um, our time like this, but I think we're in kind of a renaissance in terms of black media. You know, you got, um, you know, you got all these shows on HBO that, that are so diverse and Netflix and, you know, you got all these um, different, all, all this different, all these different types of, um, kind of, kind of vehicles for for storytelling that are that are now being diverse. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's beautiful to see. And that's kind of, you know, what I want to add to. You know, I want to provide opportunity. I mean, story drives drives society. It drives our world, man. At one point, um, other countries only knew about America through film, through cinema. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like before there were newspapers and before there was, you know, before there was real communication, people garnered perspective through media through film and it's just like it's so powerful it's such a powerful tool i mean you, you can see it right now i mean you know how many different ways has COVID 19 been spun like 
for or against it, it. They made it a political thing now. And that's, you know, that's the power of media. I mean, this country is built on that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, man, that, that's, that's how it, that's how it, uh, how it was born. And, you know, we're just going to keep, con- we're going to continue to build and we can, going to continue to grow, um, aligning ourselves with people like you, you know, who are for the same cause and who are giving people of, that look like us more opportunities. Oh, that's dope, man. I, I, I like the way that I like the outlook you have in that company. You got you to gotta speak thing into existence, man. I that's tell people that all the time, man, because it's not going to happen unless you have that positive mindset. Um, so, basically with, so basically with me, right? Um, so when I was in high school, I, I always loved like writing. So yeah. I, wrote, I wrote I wrote well papers at elementary school. I wrote one in high school. I wrote for the school paper for a little bit. And I wrote even when I was at uh, New Mass Boston and um, Mass Bay Community College. I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what I don't know why some reason I wanted to shift my focus on like broadcast journalism. Because um, mm-hmm. after that convention in 2014, where I met Jamel Hill and Michael Smith, like a year after I landed an internship at this startup NBC affiliate station in Delaware. So I was gone for that summer. I remember I learned a lot. I learned I learned a lot of good things. I'm still cool with those people who they love me over there. A lot of them are working at different stations throughout the country. Um, so I, I wanted to do that. And then I came back home because I was I was broke after that, because yeah, it's a long story. I was broke. So I came back home <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling myself, you know, I'm gonna get back out there and like try to get a uh my a, land a career, uh, start my career somewhere doing pro- broadcast journalism. Um but somewhere down the line, because after like a lot of like trial and errors. Um, somewhere down the line, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, why did I ever want to switch my focus from um, from traditional writing to broadcasting? So I asked myself that, and I don't even know why I really wanted to do that. So it wasn't really until uh, I would say the last six months, maybe the last year, that I, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna really get back into writing. Um, and now with the technology that we have today, let me create a podcast because everybody's doing a podcast. I can do that and build my brand. So mm-hmm. that yeah. gave birth. That gave birth to this podcast here. So I actually really want to have like my own company as well, my own like blog, where I can put like my write articles and put them up, and actually have this podcast link here for all the episodes that drop. It's just a point. It's just a matter of me right now coming up with a name because once I have a name for it, I can easily get a logo made, and then it will be born. But I'm just like really struggling on what I want to call it. Um, so can that's I- what I'm doing right now can i can um, i ask you a quick question my fault i'm gonna cut you off can i ask you a quick question so oh yeah yeah with, with what, what you said was super dope um because like I, I think you know a lot of people uh ask themselves that like how'd i get here like why this so i'm gonna ask you like do you do you think it's growing up in in the city that grew that we grew up in so two questions one do you think it's like growing up in the city that we grew up in like just what we were exposed to in terms of like sports or, or do you think it's your love for sports and also um, will you only be talking about sports or can you see, you know, down the line, you writing about, you know, culture or anything else like, you know, like kind of entertainment? Like, what do you what do you kind of have in, in the in the in your sites? Uh, the, the first part you, you mean, is it, is it because we're from Cambridge? Was that what does that entail? Like, like in, t- in terms of your upbringing, like in, in t- like just just when you said you didn't know why you switched from writing to to um to broadcast. Right. Yeah. Um. Like, just kind of, like, building off of that, do you think, because, I mean, you know, you're a sports guy, so, like, do you think this strong connection to sport, like, sports that we were raised in, you know, whether it's basketball, or, you know, like, we, we were raised in a, a sports town, bro, like, you know, like, do you think that had anything to do with it? Like, do you think, just like your, your upbringing, like, do you think how what you were exposed to kind of manifested itself in you wanting to do broadcast journalism down the line? Mm, okay, I, I, I got to so, admit it. I got to 
I got a better understanding of what you're saying now. Uh, I feel like the thing is just like me watching TV, watching ESPN, see all these great personalities they have. Stuart Scott, rest in peace to him. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith, the Skip Bayless of the world. Um, so I think that was got me got me wanted to do broadcasting. Um, and I always told myself, you know what, I want to work at ESPN one day. I don't know. That's my ultimate goal: working for ESPN, working for ESPN. Dope. Actually, too. So even after that convention in 2014, I actually went to a. They have a different. They have a. They have chapter throughout the country of the National Imaging of uh, Black National Rational Association of Black Journalists. They have a Southern New England chapter. So they had a a, a panel over in Brown University uh, in Rhode Island, um, and Jamal Hill was on the panel. So after this, after I got to actually talk to her this time, like have a conversation with her for like a few minutes. Ooh. So I sort of like, yeah, like yo, like I'm a big fan of you. I always wanted to work. I want to work at ESPN. That's my ultimate goal. You know, any advice you could give me? And she told me. And she told me the first thing is that. You should never, that shouldn't necessarily be your ultimate goal um, of working at ASPN. You just really want to stick to your craft um, and keep building in your craft. And the people will, and when you really are that good and you take your craft that seriously, those people will come and find you. Um, because I think she even told me that that wasn't necessarily her goal to work at ASPN. She was, uh, she wrote, wrote, I believe it was Sports Illustrated. She said she always wanted to work for. Um, but then she wow. ended up being at ASPN for like 15 years. Um, so what you're saying, just you know, keep hitting the pavement, keep getting putting that work in, and those those opportunities will open up, and those people will find you. Wow, I agree. Yeah. I mean, look at her now. I mean, she's even moved on from ESPN, like that, and that's that's so powerful, bro. Like that's such good. I mean, you you got to speak to her, and she was able to give you those words of wisdom. Like you'll never forget that. I mean, oh yeah, you're, never. You're building on that. You feel me? That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, man. And, and I feel like even what, what today with all this like advancement in technology with the social media, like anybody can make a podcast so you can build your own brand if you really, really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like that's one of the positives that comes out of this um, era that we live in um, in social media where you can really like build your brand and create your own fan base. Um, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, like like I, I, I'm doing this. I, I love it. Like I have fun with this. I would tell anybody that whatever you do, you have to have fun. Um, you can't necessarily look at it as um, I want to. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to make X amount of dollars because you know I don't think you're ever going to get anywhere in life um, with that mentality. You got to really have a passion for what you're doing. I think that's that's essential, man. And and you know, just just like Jamel told you. I mean, you know, once when you focus on the craft, all the opportunities will come. I mean, when you have, in my opinion, when you have uh, goals, and you know, everyone's goals are different. Like I don't, you know, people come from different types of backgrounds and all that. But like when you have goals that are, um, I guess, discontinuous or when you have goals that, that are false or, or you don't really, that don't really mean a lot for you or that aren't, um, are ill-willed or, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you have goals that, that don't really speak to a high moral perspective, mm-hmm. when you're doing things for a reason that, that doesn't really benefit, um, you know, others around you when you're doing it, when you're doing it for really a selfish reason, then it tends not to work out um, because, you, you know, just like you said, you don't you don't really have passion in it. Like it, this isn't something that you feel deep down in your heart um, you should be doing. You're just doing it for a check or you're just doing it for notoriety or you're just doing it for attention. Like, you know, it, it, that's why a lot of the stuff that we see on social media, I mean, it doesn't last that, you know, like all the stuff that all the all the, um, you know, the paper mache stuff like all the shallow stuff, it doesn't really last because that isn't genuine. You know, and when you're doing mm-hmm. something that, you know, when you're genuinely doing something to better your community, like, all right, so, uh, so right now um, I'm, I'm reading a book called Man's Search for Meaning um, by Viktor Frankl. Um, 
and basically he's um quickly he's a he's a psychologist he's a psychologist psychologist who actually was um he was in the he was in the Holocaust. So he he went through Auschwitz, right? And he survived. He's a Holocaust survivor, right? And he in in the book he talks about um like what we're really here to do, you know, like what our lives really mean. And I wholeheartedly agree with what he has to say. You know, it's a great, he talks about like the, like what happens in Auschwitz and is, you know, again, the irony with talking about the Sean Jackson, and all that stuff. But um, he talks about what happens and he says, basically from that, he gathered that like what we're here to do is provide a service and to enhance, you know, our, our communities. We're here to spread love. We're here to to basically garner every garner light, everything that um, everything good about the world, everything that pushes the world forward. We are here to provide a service to that, right? Whether that's you know giving people a voice to speak, whether that's providing entertainment, you know, like we're here to um, help others. That's our ultimate goal, right? So when you're doing something that's atypical of that when you're doing something to, to just help yourself when you're doing something for clickbait when you're doing something that impacts other people negatively um it, it just doesn't seem genuine and you know you don't you don't get the satisfaction out of it that you would if you were doing something out of love and that and that's basically what i think you know all of us who are trying to achieve our dreams are essentially doing we, we're here to achieve our dreams you know everyone's here to do what they're meant to do on earth um but we're also here to provide a service to people we're here to serve. That's how we advance everything. That's how, you know, people that come after us, that's how they're able to lift themselves up and give us, give themselves a platinum, a platform to stand on. So yeah, man, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's real, man. Like they say, the ultimate blessing in life is being a blessing to others. So yeah, I, you I gotta, agree with that. Got to give man. Got to. Facts. All right, yo, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk some more. Bet, bet. All right, let's jump back to the pod. Here it is. All right, so you said that um, you eventually want to start like a production company. So it sounded like you don't want to live in Boston long term because it sounds like you would want to be either in New York or L.A. Yeah, man. So so it's, it's funny how you say that. I was talking to, uh, to Jeremiah, who we both know, and, um, you know, I was asking him about film school. And I'm just like, you know, like, do, do I like because I'm considering going and then. You know, I asked him, like, you know, do should I go to film school? Because, you know, for I guess for a little context, like Jeremiah, um, you know, he worked, he used to work on films. He started, he, uh, he has his own production company now. And he, him and his guys, they made like a B level horror film um, that actually came out in theaters. So um, Jeremiah, he, you know, he knows he was he helped me create my create um, Free Day, which was my, the short film that I made a couple years ago. Um, so yeah, so I was talking to him and asking him about film school. I'm like, do you know, do people need this? Um, and then he's like, you know, basically, bro, look, if you're if you're going to film school, you gotta go to USC. You gotta, you know, you gotta go to these schools that will land you a gig in LA, you know, or New York, like. Films, it, it wouldn't make sense to go to a film school that doesn't have that much notoriety because that's kind of where people are plucking. That's where companies are plucking these people out of, you know, and then, you know, people they you know, people aren't looking for writers or directors out of Boston that much. Like, that's why everyone goes to New York and L.A. That's where all the cream of the crop is. That's where everyone's at. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, basically, like, you know, I, I considered it um, and it would be super dope 
because you know, I I, I started this. You know, I, I want to be a filmmaker. That's why I kind of this whole thing got started. Like this is where I, you know, um, so it would be super dope to start something here. But I know how incredibly hard, damn near impossible, it would be to start like a production company in Boston, a successful one in Boston. You know, so I mean, man, to be honest, that's still something I'm contemplating. Like you know, I I don't want to I don't want to leave my son. You know, I don't you know going across the country would just, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be with him. I couldn't see him all the time. Like I do now, like, you know, I couldn't talk to him. It would be tough, man, doing the FaceTime thing. So, I mean, that's probably the main concern. Just like, I'd be away from my family, you know, I'd be away from, well, you know, which isn't too crazy. Like I, you know, college and when I stay for college, so I, I, I've done that before, but now that I have my son, like it would be tough not to see him every day. You know what I'm saying? Like it would just be tough. So that's still something I'm contemplating, man, just to be, just to be completely honest with you. Like I, I know what I want, but I'm, I'm, trying to figure out if moving or I'm trying to figure out if staying in Boston um, would hinder that dream or hinder that goal. Ideally, I would want to stay here, but I know that the opportunity is in New York and is in LA. And I, you know, I talk to different people who are out there now and they're just like, yeah, man, like everyone out here is doing like the, 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 the thing about moving to LA and New York, it's like, you know, you think, especially in, in times like now where like, you know, we can just exchange media files, just whatever you can, you know, you don't have to be with someone to make a song. You don't have to be with someone. You know what I mean? Like you can just information can be exchanged so easily. The accessibility is a lot easier. You think that that wouldn't matter. Right. But you know, filmmaking is kind of, it's a very, very communal process, bro. Um, and you know, same thing with, with the media companies and then, and, and the, um, the television studios, like everyone's there. So in LA, everyone is doing, well, it's it's like it's like going to ATL, moving to ATL to, um, for for like music. It's like, bro, everyone's making music, so why wouldn't you go there and make music with everyone else? Like you, you just mm-hmm. have it's a numbers game. Like you just have more of an opportunity to to get to where you want to get to if you're around other people who are doing what you want to do. And so, and uh, you're moving to LA. That's what that is. And so it's just like you know, again, establishing what success is for myself. Um, you know, it's like, do I want to, you know, do I want to be a, or do I want to try to be a. a Hollywood producer or director or do I want to, do I want to be a writer or do I want to, you know, like, do I, what do I want to do? Do I want to work behind the camera? Do I want to be a grip? Do I want to work lights? Do I want to work um, production? You know, it's like, there's so many, there's so many different components to filmmaking and media that you're not just, you're not restricted, which is a good thing. You know, like the, you know, that's just more opportunity for people who want to be near or in the industry. Um, but again, you have to make decisions that may not be, beneficial to or may not be conducive to to the way you live life now you know how much are you willing to sacrifice to get your dream done i guess is the theme is the moral of this story and um it's still something i'm, I'm trying to navigate through bro i mean it's tough like you're, you're faced with decisions now um you know as you as you continue along your journey you're faced with decisions that um you know may reaffirm what you thought prior to where prior to you getting where you got to or um you know decisions that will catapult you forward and change the way you think and, you know, just put you in a better position or put you farther along than farther along to, to, to gain more opportunities, man. So yeah, that, that's a good question just to answer that one, but I'm, that's still something I'm, I'm pondering and, um, you know, I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll get to the, or I'll figure that, figure that out for myself soon. So then I can make the proper moves and start, you know, putting the pieces in place where I can, where I can do what's best for, for my dreams and do what's best for my family at the same time. Oh, no, that's real, man. Have you ever been to L.A. before? I'm asking this question because, too, because actually 
Um, I, I even told some people this last weekend that uh, Mac had a cookout uh, in Cambridge. Oh, I see uh, that, so, so I told a couple of people, like, yo, honestly, I'm actually trying to get to L.A. Um, really? I, never, I, never been, I, I never been before, but yeah. I'm trying to get there just from the standpoint of my career and what I want to do. Because as you mentioned, um, New York and L.A. are, are popping the top two media markets, the top two media markets in the country, mm-hmm. New York being number one. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of opportunity out there to really enhance my, my profile and get all the interviews I want to get with a lot of like public figures and celebrities yeah, yeah. And, and so forth. And, and plus, I'm tired of the cold. I'm, I've been in my whole life in Boston. <laughs> like, I'm tired of the, I'm tired of the winters. Like I want to be like in 70 degree weather all year round. Fact. So I told myself I want to be in L.A. and about I have a five year plan. Doesn't necessarily mean I have to, have to be there. I have to be on the fifth year that I get there. But between that span, I want to be in L.A. So hopefully it happens. Um, have you been? So you've been there before? Or no, 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 no. I've never. I'm like you, man. I've never been to L.A. before. I've always <laughs> I always wanted to go always. Um, and, and, and for so let me ask you, like. So is that something you definitely want to move to L.A.? Or are you still thinking about it or like that's part of the plan? Like going to LA? I mean. I really, really think that it's what I want to do for my career. Um, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't got anything holding me back. I have no kids. I yeah. have no, I have no girls. So I don't think I'm gonna have anything serious in the near future. So why not make that move if they have, if the opportunity is pre- presented to me? You know? Yeah, yeah. You so should. I do would it. do it definitely. For, for sure. I mean, look, man. As long as you, I mean, you, you, when you get it, you know, you'll go out there, and it's just like your world will just open up, man. Like, like you said, like you have no reason not to go. Like that's yeah. that's that's what I think people have to sit down and that's something that actually you could the time that we're now you can take advantage of like self-reflection and like what what you want to do for your for for your career like that is what do you have to lose like you know for me i i have to consider my relationship with my son and my relationship you know with i I don't have a girl but like my relationship with um my family and, and my son's mother you know all that like all those components i have to factor in where you don't have any of that, any of that stuff. I mean, like you can just, you can, if you, if you got the bread, you can pick up and go now. Like <laughs> You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like you, you should, I mean, what, if there's nothing holding you back, bro, make the move. Like, it, you know, if it's, if this is what you want to do, and it's, it's easier said than done. You feel me? Like you got to, there's logistics and all that, but like, fam, if you've got to, you know, you, you got to, you get a gig out there, you apply for a gig out there, you get one, you know, like you, you make yourself, make sure you have some income, you know, set everything up, set, set everything up here, then just make that move, bro. Like, you have none, none. To, I mean, you'll if you decide to come back, come back. If you decide to go, I mean, like that'll just brighten your horizons, man. But if you feel like staying here is restricting, then leave. Like, don't restrict yourself at all, bro. Like, make that move, family. Make it. No, that, that's real, man. I, so, a, a lot of people to me, I feel like, well, I don't really understand how people can be so, can, can be like so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, can really like live in one location their whole lives. Like, yeah. and, I, and I understand that there's a lot of factors that go into that. Maybe you don't want to relocate your your child and your family. Uh, maybe your significant other doesn't want to make that move. Uh, maybe you have family members who need um, some assistance. Um, so I understand that, but I feel like a lot of people are just really complacent and are scared to take a chance on themselves. Mm, I agree. I agree, man. And it, and that's the thing. Like people usually make excuses for for um like not you know not doing what they need to do you know if you fight for your if you fight for your limitations you get to keep them <laughs> so i mean mm-hmm. you 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 know you are where you want to be bro like if if you want to if you want to advance in your career if you want to do that do whatever you want to do then you you'd be doing it and so like it's it's so and especially when you're talking about relocation like it's so easy for people to say nah i'll just stay here you know what i mean like people you you have to take 
chances. You have to do things on, on the road. In my opinion, man, like on the road to achieving your goals, there's it. Majority of it is uncertainty. Like you have to be able to understand that like certainty isn't your friend when you're trying to go for what you want. Like you got, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like you're not, you're not, you're, you shouldn't want to move. You feel me? But it's what you have to do, not what you want to do. Like, you got nine to five. You don't want to get up, but you got to. You got to pay bills. It's like, bro, you know, just you, you figure, you know, it's just like I look at everything, you know, when it comes to uh, doing what you want to do, when it comes to achieving your goals, man. I just look at everything as like a deposit or an investment. It's just like man, you're moving out. You're making an, you're making an investment in yourself and in your future. So it's like, why not? And, you know, again, more, more people, uh, you know, you got people that lived in boston their whole life and never really are comfortable here they never want to they don't want they don't mind the cold like you know it gets cold then it gets warm they don't care but it's like all right i mean yeah but if you want to you know if you want to be on a radio if you want to if you want to um write if you want to do any if you want to do something that that benefits you in another country in another state like you know you you get more opportunity in another state then you have to make that move, man. And yeah, just like you said, it's easy. And you know, it, it, that comes with age too. Like the longer you stay complacent, the more comfortable you are being complacent. It's going to be tough for you to kind of break out of that cycle. The older you get, man, you get stuck in your ways. Mm, amen to that. Yeah. I, I, I see it all the time. Uh, so you talk about that you want to do um like television and, and film um for your production company. Are there any TV shows that you like right now? Oh man, are there? Um, man, off the top of my head, so I can give you so insecure. Um, I'm not sure if it's number one, but it's top two for me, man. That is Issa Rae is brilliant, bro. Like Prentice Penny, all of they're doing their thing over there. Um, insecure. I'm I'm watching. What? Uh, so dang, man. What else am I watching? I've um. So just like a lot of HBO stuff, like Succession, Insecure. Um, going back to The Wire, going back to Sopranos. Um, oh, what am I like? I'm trying to think of like the newest thing that I can give you. That I'm not even sure if any if I'm watching anything super new at the moment. Like mm -hmm. you feel me? Like all the stuff I'm watching is just like I guess Insecure might be the 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 latest thing that I've watched, man. But um, just like stuff I'm um stuff that's that's relatable. I mean, like success and, and stuff that even even when the the subject is relatable, like the writing is like that's the type of stuff that I'm attracted to, bro. But like, yeah, any I mean, anything really that has to do with our culture, I'm into. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter what it is, but like all that stuff, man. Like, just everything that's told in a, in a perspective that I haven't seen before is dope. So, mm. I, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to emulate, you know. But um. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm all the streaming stuff I'm into, man. Like Netflix and all, all that stuff I'm, I'm into. I've been, I've been watching. I mean, lately, to be honest, I've been, I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes docs, like on Dis at Disney Plus, because I have a three year old. Um, so okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, if I, if my son wasn't around, I still have it because they got all the heat on there. You feel me? So, um, I'm watching like all the, all behind the scenes docs on Disney stuff, and it's just like you know Frozen and shit, and like The Mandalorian, like all this stuff. You know, like kids love it, but it's innovation. Like it's innovative shit. Like <laughs> I mean, and it's just inter so interesting how they do that. And it's so like this is why Disney's Disney. You feel me? And it's just oh like, yeah, stuff like that that educates 
and provides entertainment at the same time, I'm all for. What about you? What you watching? Well, honestly, I asked you this question because I, I don't really watch like TV shows, like new content like that. Like I, I, I started watching Insecure. I tried to watch the first season, but I, my, like, I feel in this age of social media and technology, there comes a lot of distraction. I be getting distracted when I watch shows, <laughs> but no, real talk, like it's a, it's a, it's a cool show from what I see, but I like, I like halfway through the first season and I stopped watching it. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta pick it back up and, and watch. I think that it's finished the fourth season, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. They just finished the fourth. Okay, yeah, so I gotta go back and watch and watch all of that. Well, I asked I asked a question because when I'm actually looking to do for this podcast, I wanna like take a pop, I wanna take a, a, a show that people like a lot, and I wanna find somebody to do a podcast with me for like a particular season of the show. Mm. And then we can like after after each episode, we can break down the episode and have it I can have a discussion with somebody on the podcast about that episode and what we like, what we didn't like, oh, uh, and so forth. So I'm trying I'm trying to do that. What I was thinking of is Snowfall. Do you watch Snowfall? You know what's crazy? I I watched it right, and then I moved into my place, and I I, I didn't want to get cable because it was too expensive, so I stopped. But I saw I, I I didn't finish the first season, just like you and Insecure, same shit. Like it's just like I, I want to <laughs> finish it, but I just can't, man. Like I I want to, but I I, I don't have any outlet to watch it. But I I already know how dope it is, man. I want to finish. You have you seen all of it? Um, I haven't watched it yet. So what I was gonna, I haven't watched any episodes ever. So oh, cool. Oh but, yeah, yeah, we in the same. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely. I gotta rewatch it again for sure. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do probably is uh, I'm gonna try and uh, watch those before. I think I think season four starts up relatively soon, or maybe in a month or two. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna try and watch all those episodes that that took place before, and try to find somebody who wants to like do that with me for a podcast. That's one of my ideas I have. So. Oh yeah, give me a call, hey man. If you don't find anyone, you know I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. So. Let me know. We we can experience that together because that's the you know that's that's one of the dopest shows. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so the people are talking about. So I mean, talking about that was cool. Exactly. So I feel like it would be a good um a good um a good content that I can have for the podcast, and a lot of people will be engaged in it because everybody talks about Snowfall on my timeline. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. And I never watched it, so yeah. There's a few mm-hmm. shows that I you know, that the timeline keeps you hip on that like like billions. Everyone loves that show. Like I, yep. There's a lot of shows that. Snowfall is definitely on the list, though. That's a fact. Facts. What's some of your What's some of your favorite shows of all time? You have shows of all time: The Wire, um, Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Um, you mean like just like like sitcoms too, or just like any show? Yeah, any show. Oh, bet Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, Jamie Foxx show, uh, Martin. You know those black those those sit those um the black sitcoms for sure. That's what I grew up on. Living single. Girlfriends, DL Hugh, the DL Hughley show. Like these, I mean, you know, like I don't watch these anymore. Um, but this is the, this is just the type of time I'll, I'm on. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, oh my goodness, that Netflix, the uh, oh my god, I just everyone, what is it? Um, with um, the the Mexican cartel, the the show, everyone, Narcos, no, 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 not Narcos, but um, oh, um, Ozark, probably Ozark, yeah, I can't remember. I'm like, what the fuck, do I not? Yeah, Ozark, <laughs> great, great stuff, bro. Um, I'm not into reality TV at all. Oh, me either. Yeah, yeah, nah, I can't do that, bro. I can't really. So, um, yeah, so like the storytelling stuff, I'm all for. So, um, you know, Power minus the last season, um, Empire only the first season. Um, ooh, what else, man? You know, insecure. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's pretty much 
uh, off the top of my head, that's what I pretty much what I can think of. If you give me time, I could probably that's probably a whole another podcast. But yeah, man. <laughs> what do you what, um? So like, let me let me kind of let me just ask you this question, right? So okay, what show? What's your what's your favorite show like from the from the past, like that you used to watch? You know, like any show. What what show that you just had to sit down in front of the TV for? Okay, so my favorite my favorite shows of all time. I feel like I'm more of a sitcom person. Yeah. So I would say my top two favorite shows of all time, I can't really decide which one's first, is going to be either The Cosby Show or The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air mm. for me. Yeah. So so it's interesting. Well, I asked you the question because um, so I got rid of cable like early, what was it, last year in September? I got rid of cable because the bill was crazy. So yeah, I got, yeah, the bill's it, yes. <laughs> so I got YouTube TV, and that's fire to me. Yeah, so, oh, yeah um, I got that. Fire, fire. Oh, you got it too? Yeah, yeah, heat. Oh, yeah, so I got it. So Family Matters started coming back on 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 TBS like in February. So I haven't watched that show in years. So <laughs> I added it to my library, and, I'm, and so when each episode plays, it's recorded for me, so I can get downtime and watch it. And now, like me watching it now, like now that I'm older and having a, I, I'm older, I can like analyze things. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm appreciating the show. I'm appreciating the show more. Um, than I did when I was like a kid when it was when I was coming on because I, re- I I remember watching when those, a lot of the episodes when it aired. Um, yeah, I remember why, watching it when it aired live. So now that I'm older, looking at it, I'm like, okay, this is dope. Like, oh, like I'm I'm becoming more of a critic. Like, I like this, but they could have done this better or this differently. Um, and they've now um, uh, YouTube TV has just gotten all the Viacom channels like VH1, MTV, BET. Mm-hmm. So now, like, I, I have I, now I'm watching Fresh Prince now on like Martin and the Wayne's Brothers. So now I'm 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 gonna start like watching all these shows like through their um through the entire run and like just just break it down and like analyze it more. So I, I think it's dope now that I can do that. Yo, that's you know what's crazy? I was watching a, um an episode of Fresh Prince the other day, mm-hmm. right? And it's the episode where Carlton and Will have to drive Uncle Phil's Benz like across the state or some shit. Like yes, they have to Uncle Uncle Phil. And our Aunt Viv took a helicopter somewhere and then... To the um, to, 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 um, to Uncle Phil's partner's resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Uncle Phil's partner's resort. And then Carlton and Will had to meet him there. And then the Benz, remember, they got pulled over? Yeah. Bro, I'm watching that. I'm like, this could be an episode right now. Like, this could... Yeah. Like, I'm like, man, like, the foresight. You feel me? Like, to... Like, watching it as, like, a, as a 30-year-old. I remember when I first saw that episode. When I was, like, the eighth... You know, it came out way before that. But, like... Yeah, I was in like the eighth grade. And I saw it was the first time I ever saw that episode, and I'm just like, huh, interesting. And then now I'm just like, what the? I was all mad and shit. Like, yo, I know how I, I know what happens, but like, it's just like you watch these shows, and like, just like you said, you gain so much perspective. Some of the stuff happens to you, right? And then it's just mm-hmm. like you you have more of uh, like an emotional, a visceral connection to it, and it's just like it's just an, an attestation to how good the show was. Like, there's a reason why you liked it. Like, this mm-hmm. is just great shit. Like, this is great content right here. Like, you could watch this years and years. I mean, bro, that's going to be relevant forever. Like, that episode will always be relevant. You feel me? And so, I feel you, bro. Like, the way the way is bro, the way is brothers is funny. R.I.P. John Witherspoon, man. God bless the dead. Oh, oh facts. Yeah. yeah. Um, To get back to that episode, because I'm pretty sure that was the first season, that episode. Yeah, that was uh, the, it's like the third episode. Like the third episode. So that was like 1990. Yeah. That's crazy. Basically, 30 years ago. And yes. that's still relevant today, like right. that situation being um, being identified, being like labeled as a, a thief um, just based off the color of your skin. Yeah. How that yep. um, can relate to today. It speaks volumes to where we live at right now, how we really haven't made the um, type of improvement as a society that we should have. Yep, exactly. You hit it on the head, bro. 
So what's some what's one of your favorite um episodes of Fresh Prince? My favorite episode, one of my favorite there's so many. That, <laughs> one, that was a good one. Um the oh the one where so the one actually that everyone um keeps reference like like uh the one when Uncle Phil's pops comes back, uh, Uncle Phil Will's pops come back and then you know, uh that, play that, by Ben Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um like I remember like it's funny that people, you know always reference it and I, i'm glad that will told that story of how that happened too that was interesting but um oh yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I remember too when like i watched that for the first time and it's just like that put me on to how good of an actor will smith was that was when i first thought you know what i mean like i'm like damn my man just <laughs> just started crying just you know and and that was you know that that was visceral because i i you know i wasn't in a similar situation but i didn't grow up with my father in my home you know so i mm-hmm. kind of got that so that one um was was I mean that was just a good episode too, and that one, and then the one, dang, which one, bro? Like the one where they want um Ashley when they find out Ashley could sing. Remember Ashley was, was she recorded that song? Oh, make up your mind, yeah. Yo, that was classic. When when Willa when Willa Carl were dancing behind her, yo, I was yo. I remember, I remember, I remember that watching that when it aired, and I was crying when it aired, and I still laugh to the day whenever that part comes on. I see it, yeah, like that shit is price. Like that is like that will always be funny. I'm saying like. It's just there's so. I mean, what they have six seasons, so six seasons, yeah. So it's like there's so much. Like, but the thing with that show is like. It was such a popular show. Um, and then, you know, Will, I think Will started doing movies while that show was still on. So, like, it just blew up. But, mm-hmm. um, like, there's, there's, you can watch, you can pick a random episode from a random season and you'll remember it. Like, yep. that's one show that you remember exactly. But, like, you may remember where you were when you watched it. But, like, you may, you, you remember, like, what happens in the episode. Even if you don't remember in the beginning, you'll, by the end of it, you'll get it. Like, it's just that, that, that joint is crazy, man. Like, I can't, yeah, I can't lie. Tevin Campbell was on there too. That one, that was pretty lit. That episode, I, I think I watched that episode yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, or or the day before. Yeah. Um, did, did you ever? Did you know that that show was actually supposed to end um, with um, after season four when Will went back to Philadelphia? For real? Yeah, it was actually supposed to end there, but then I, I think that there was a demand for it to come back, um, and then they added, and then they brought back for two more seasons. And like you said, like during that time, Will made Independence Day Independence and Bad Boys Day. during that. So he was getting too big for the TV screen. So Bad that Boys. show could have easily that show could have easily went two, three more seasons if they if they really wanted to. Yeah, that's a fact. It was a popular show. But I feel like that show like ended like like ended right on time where where the story the story couldn't be really told anymore. Yeah. Like I think I think it ended at a perfect time. Some shows, a lot of shows don't end at the perfect time. They don't get the proper farewell that they should have. Like family matters, but that show ended at the at the perfect time. Um, so I always tell myself that for a a, a a TV show to be a classic, right? I would say you would have to go at least five seasons minimum. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. You need long longevity for for um, you know, like to be a, be among the greats. I mean, there are plenty of TV show TV shows that you know last you know one two three seasons, and they're good they're good shows, but like. If you're talking about shows, because what, what what with these shows like the ones that we love, like with Will Smith, they become a part of our lives. You feel me? Like we we watching these shows becomes practice. You feel me? Like we just we we you you know whether you're young, whether you're old, you just you 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 get used to sitting down watching Fresh Prince. You know, at six o'clock on a Wednesday, or mm-hmm. Insecure. You get used to sitting down in front of your TV at ten, watching you know watching an episode of Insecure when when it's available. Like you just. These shows become part of our lives. You grow with these characters; they grow with you, 
I mean, you feel me? But like, that's the the best shows have to be long, like have have to have longevity, bro. Like, like they have to grow as society grows. Like five years ago, you feel me? Like five years ago, our country was in a different space. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, like now, it, you know, I'm saying like we we're in another different space. So, like a, a show that's able to grow, with that, and and it's tough to do. So, I mean, that's a, another reason I think why. Um, we consider these shows great, right? We consider The Wire great. We consider, mm-hmm. um, you know, Family Matters great. Like we consider these shows great because they do they're doing something that is tough to do, man. Like you, it's tough to say, especially when there's so, especially now, like when there, you know so many shows are coming up and you know there's money to do everything now, and you got people doing their own show, YouTube shows and shit. Like it's tough. So I mean, in order like, when people are able to really pull that off, like you can't have a bad show that lasts five seasons. That just don't happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, 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 I completely agree. You got to, man. You got to. Yeah, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I've never watched The Wire either. A lot of people are probably gonna kill me when they hit this in the pod, but I never watched it before. <laughs> you gotta watch I, that. I, 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 I need to watch it. I don't watch TV shows like that. Like I really, right, I really right. just watch sports. Honestly, I really just watch sports or like old sitcoms. But I don't really watch like a lot of new things, even though that show's not necessarily new. But I've never, I never watched it before. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna make it that a goal of mine this yeah, year. Yeah. To watch the wire, it's good. I, I think it's good to watch because one, I mean, it's an excellent show. But two, it'll, it'll get like when you watch good shit, it gives you it like when stuff is, is that good, it gives you ideas. You know what I'm saying like you just you, you you draw from that greatness, you draw from that creativity, and it's just like when you see something, you 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 understand why people revere it so much. It's just like you know what you you know it's just like watching someone hoop for the first time. Everyone thinks he's nice, but like you never seen him play, and then you realize you know when you realize that, like, motherfucker's nice as shit, and you, you understand why people think he's good. So it's like, it's the same with TV. You know, it's, it's sports and TV, are, you know, it's like you understand why everyone is ranting and raving about these shows, because they're good. Some, you know, that, that doesn't mean that every show that people say is good is actually good. You know, there's a few shows that I ain't rock with that people like, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, the ones that people put, I put The Wire up there, like, of all time in terms of shows, like, I hear a lot of people who say the same, who share the same sentiments. Yeah, it's just I hear that, the same things. That it was, there was nothing like it was just, it was put out differently, man. Like they made the city of Baltimore, the character, like that was the character, and then all of these, you know, the, what you see got um, the Bowies and the Avons and the Omars, like oh, you know, all these legendary characters. You got um, Stringer Bell, Bebe, all these characters complement the main character, which is Baltimore. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, it's interesting, man. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of it. So, like, you know, you ain't going to finish the whole thing in, like, one sitting. But, like, you know, when you have time, watch it. And then you'll pick up on different – and you'll still get references, you know, references when, when people say a lot of shit in regards to The Wire. and Yeah. Um, you know, like, it's dope. It's just dope, man. But that, it's just uh, – you know, it's made for people like us. Yeah, because I know when, when Power was at its peak, um, people were saying, what's better, that or The Wire? And I, I was I would feel like the majority oh. of the people said – the wire is better. The wire is better, definitely. I was watching Power, um, but I've never watched The Wire before. And, and, and Power, I was comparison. I, I, was comparing The Wire to the, what the <laughs> yeah, yeah, people people was comparing it. So I was like, oh, this show must be L because mo- majority of the people I'm saying are saying The Wire is better. Yeah, yeah, Power yeah. to me was like, uh, it was good for the first three seasons. Then after that, it just went straight downhill. Man, I I think they, I don't, I agree hundred percent that it. That I, I think after season three, like you know it got i mean a little whimsical like it just it's it it seems like they stopped the grittiness went away and like it got more fantastical bro like mm-hmm. yeah people it was the matrix or something like, i mean like it started looking kind of crazy and then this last 
season culminated in all that craziness. Like, you know, you got it just didn't seem as authentic as it did when it came out. And that may be due to like it being new when it came out. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like when something's new and hot, um, people like it. But then you know, when like it's it's gone on for a while, then it loses some of that juice. So it maybe it may be due to some of that. But yeah, I agree. I I'm I didn't know that was a comparison. Why? What? That was good. It yeah. was good. You know, it was good shit. You know, Fifty did his thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things. Where, I mean, people say that about Empire too, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm that. I saw one season of Empire and I thought it was cool, and then after that, man, it like it, you know, I didn't really. I wasn't really following, but people say kind of say the same thing. It's like something changes in the storytelling, and it, it just isn't the same anymore, and it doesn't seem believable anymore. And it's, yeah, it doesn't seem authentic. You feel me? Yeah, power got uh, felt like after, after season three just got real too predictable. Yeah, and like you knew that, what was gonna happen all the all yeah. the time. Like you figure out. Yeah, like, it's just like all right, well that's not a surprise. Like when stuff stopped being a surprise, then it's like okay, well the acting started falling off to me a little bit, and I feel like they were just like relying on too much sensationalization, like a lot of like like just like over dramatic things that were occurring in the show mm-hmm. like they're, they're relying on way too much themes like violence and sex uh for the show i agree um so i i thought like the quality dipped off but it is what it is yeah um so i, I know you said that um so i want to get back to um your company tp uh yeah. t press productions so you um with your love of sports do you ever see yourself like possibly like doing work within like the realms of professional sports um uh, you know, it's or 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 at the or at the collegiate level. Yeah, um, I don't, you know, I don't rule that rule that out. It would be super dope. I'm a lo- I'm a lifelong Celtics fan. You know the vibes. So oh god. <laughs> so I mean, it would be cool if I could do something with them. You know, whether that be um, you know, video photography, anything. I mean, I see uh, a lot of people on IG like uh, you know, Brett Hampton and and those guys, um, the Connect. You know, they those guys do a lot of do they shoot video and they do photographs for uh the celtics you know it's dope they got this dope content man so i mean yeah in, in, a, in a in a perfect world i'd love to do something like that i mean i'd love to even um just me as myself just like as a fan would love to to do that also man but that would that would be that would be too crazy if i'd be able to that would be it man like that would be a surreal moment i'm pretty sure i'd be speechless if i ever had that opportunity so yeah, yeah that would be dope that would be dope. all right speaking of the celtics um how do you feel about the nba coming back and, and uh, finishing up the season um, I'm, it's interesting. I mean, basketball, I'm here. So, you know, I, I'm gonna watch, but I think, um, I think it's going to be interesting because of the stakes, right? So I think a lot, and this is just what I think. I don't have any sources. Um, I think a lot of the players, you know, they kind of lost interest in the season just because like it's shortened and it's not, it's not practical. Like this is, and again, it, it, it's not anyone's fault. There's a pandemic is upon us, right? So mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the players, they don't really seem to juiced up to play. Like, they want to hoop because they're professional ballers. But, like, you know, when when it comes down to it, um, so I think some people, I think it's, it's kind of split. Like, some people are just glad to be able to play and make money again. Um, some people are just like, hey, uh, you know, it's just like, I don't know. Like, Jason Tatum, um, they interviewed him. I think this last this past week, and like he didn't sound like he wanted to play. He was like, they asked him, he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess you know we're gonna be, we'll be back. You know, people want to play, and yeah, he just didn't sound enthused about it. Um, so I think it's you know you're gonna get ball ball back again, which is gonna be great. 
Um, you're, you know, we're going to see people, the greatest balls in the world, do what they do. We're going to see Braun hoop. We're going to see um, Giannis hoop. I mean, Dame. I mean, we're going we're gonna to see what we've been wanting to see for four months. Um, but I think it's also going to be interesting to see, like, you know, is it, will this impact the, the pace? Will, like, will um, the scoring be down? I mean, like, will they even have averages? Like, will, will stats even matter? You feel me? Like, does, will, will we even look at, well, I think I think you and I spoke about this a little bit. Um, Did like, we? Not um, it was on Twitter. Um, but I okay, like um, you said you said I think you said like the championship doesn't wouldn't matter, right? Or something like that. What you, or maybe you said the opposite. I can't. That was a while ago. Um, well, I think I, I think what I said was that uh, I feel like there, there will be an asterisk, asterisk, yeah, asterisk. No matter who wins the championship, it, it'll be attached. Um to it regardless yeah. who wins yeah yeah and then i was like um but you and then i was like putting asterisks on lebron's lebron's ring since that was a lockout season right when they when the first one they got was against okc mm, yeah you do said that uh no I, I don't think i would do that and i wouldn't do that necessarily for tim duncan and the spurs when they won in 99 Fact. that was a lockout season too so nah yeah but, but but my whole thinking is that like um there's, so, there's, like, there's like so many different there's like so many elements that are going to be taken away Facts. for example there's not going to be any team that's going to feel that that true pressure of a game five series tied 2-2 two, two on the road down like 10 entering the fourth quarter mm. in, a host, in a hostile environment that's going to be gone now there's going to be at a neutral site mm-hmm. so you're not going to have that element which is crucial in basketball yeah. so the, the, I mean the playing field is going to be even but at the same time it's going to it's going to be weird to me now I'm not hyped that the season's coming back, like me personally, but I think that from an economic standpoint, they need to finish the season because if they don't, CBA. that gives the owners the power to rip up this current um, collective bargain agreement yeah. Yeah. and then make a new one where the players will get less money in the future. And, and when the era of player empowerment where everybody feels like they should be getting what they're worth or what they believe that they're worth, um, so if you, so if you don't finish the season, then that's not going to be the case going forward. And a lot of people have, are, are under the assumption that these guys are all millionaires. Like yeah. the top players make a lot of money, but even, um, CJ McCollum said on a podcast, I know, I think on the boardroom KD show that he believes that 80% of the league is living, living paycheck to paycheck. So mm-hmm. the dudes aren't really like, most players aren't paid like, like they, like the public thinks that they are. So yeah. it's it's very important that they finish the season to me. Yeah. I understand that there's this whole like um, concept or this belief, I, I should say, that they shouldn't finish the season because you don't want to take away from what's going on on with this um, push for social equality um, to combat systemic racism, which is true. I, I understand that, but it's not like, but if you, um, but that's something that's going to take a long time to fix. That won't be solved in three months. So yeah. these guys can go play, and most of them aren't going to be p- playing for three months. So they can go play and then come back and and and, and help support that cause once the season's over. They can even they can even be vocal on social media because Adam Silver's a pro um, player commissioner. Yep. So he's looking at the players express themselves and use that platform for the better of the people. So I think that they should finish the season. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's interesting you said and and with the going back to what you said about the CBA, that's super important because I think the current CBA is set up. So mid-level players can get dope, like yeah. You know, so like, so like, you know, Le- LeBron. If LeBron made what he's worth, fam, it would just be him and KD playing. Uh, him and him and AD playing. <laughs> like they wouldn't have any. You know, they wouldn't afford any other players. So like, the current CBA is set up in their favor. But if they don't finish, that could, you know, it, it could hurt the league. And and I think that's so interesting that you brought that up because 
I mean, when you know when Kyrie said that he's not wrong, but like, you know, there's all systemic this it's systemic racism and, and, and social injustice haven't just started. Like that exactly happened. So it's just like, well, if that's the case, and I don't I don't want to make this like a, if like I don't want to make a scene. I don't want to prove Kyrie wrong because like you know he's right. But like I, I, if we're gonna do that, then no one should play sports. And it's just and it creates you you're you're creating opportunity just like you said economically and you're also creating awareness because a lot of people it's easy for people who don't care about what's going on now you know i don't want to call them racist but racist who don't care about mm-hmm. what's going we don't we don't care about um the well-being of black people who just tune out because they're not black they don't have to they don't have to worry about something else they can turn the channel but you know when everyone when the eyes are on the nba that's going to be the only sport i believe or i don't know if hockey maybe not hockey it's like you come back. I don't know, but um, I don't. <laughs> the NBA at the time is going to be the only sport on when you bring light to what's going on, right? Just like Kaepernick did. You take a knee on the field, people see it. You're forced to see it. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you can give people, you give people entertainment, or you know, you can play ball, um, and then, but you can also bring attention to what's going on here, and the, and it doesn't have to stop. You know, like it, this can be a way of continuing to push the message. Um, and, and this could be a way for, and, you know, and I think, I don't know how, I don't know if the owner, maybe you can speak to this one, I can't, but I don't know if the owners would still have leverage, even if the season is finished, just because there was a gap in the season. You feel me? Like, I, can, can they, do you think, because the CBA, they have, it's up at the end of this year, right? Uh, I'm not sure what, yeah. if it's up per se at the end of this year, but I know that if they didn't resume the season, the owners would have the right to rip it up and okay. then start a new one. Oh, okay. okay bet. That I know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's when Kyrie isn't injured anymore and he wants to play again, you know, he's going to have to, you know, that that's gonna. And he's look, he's made, you know, supermax guy. He doesn't have to worry about the financial aspect of it. But, um, I you know I just I just when everyone's back and when I just hope this narrative continues when everyone's when NBA is really back, like when people are back in the garden, people are back in, um, you know. Madison Square Garden, people are back in, um, you know, their, their own arenas. And then, you know, that this 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 um, exposure continues. I think that's when, you know, we can really, you know, and, you know, like you said, it took, it took hundreds and hundreds of years for this to happen. So, like, it's not going to be cleared up in a matter of a few months, a few years, maybe not even in our lifetime, maybe not even in our kids' lifetime. This will be so, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I agree, man. But let, I need to ask you, though, since no, now this, this pertains to you because you're a Lakers fan and, and Bron's over there. Yeah. So do you think if if they win or lose, or, or, do, or let me ask you this, do you think it affects his legacy regardless of what happens? If they win, do you think it affects it? If, if they lose, do you think it affects it? To me personally, I don't think that – I'm not really sure if – whether he wins or he loses, that it's going to affect his legacy already than where he's at right now. To me, I think he's a top three player of all time to play the game. Mm. So I'm not really sure where that would put him because I feel like if there's any player that that there'll be an asterisk attached to the championship, it'll be LeBron this year is what I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, but there, there will be people who are pro-LeBron that will probably that, that will use this um, in their case uh, for how great of a player he is. If he wants to, over, to win a championship, during um, a time, an unprecedented time where we've never seen a season halt like we have for this pandemic, and then to resume it um, and then play under these um, relatively extreme conditions with no fans um, and just ha- adapt on the fly 
I, I think that those people will will use that um, to their advantage in their debate um, to support LeBron. So I'm a, I, I personally think that it's going to hurt or enhance his legacy per se. But in the eyes of others, I can see how they can use it to enhance his legacy. For those, for if he wins the championship, I can see how those who are pro LeBron um, that would support their argument, or how they how they would believe it will support the argument. What, what if he loses? What if what if they lose, what if they lose to um, the Celtics? Just for example, um, in the championship, what do you think? You think that would affect his legacy too? Like, you, do you think you could put that on him? Or I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, just like you said, like his, his legacy is in the finals is already tough. <laughs> but yeah, do you think it would? You know, three and ten. They, uh, but like, do you think it would even matter in, in for this year? Anyway? Well, now, now, if the Celtics were to beat the Lakers, I know I'm a Lakers fan, so I'm, I'm just keeping it real though. I would be like, because I, I even told Shells, uh, we was talking, I was talking to Shells last week, and I, we, we yeah. asked him about the season, and he was like, "I'm, a, are you hyped for?" He's like, "I'm not hyped for it at all." I was like, "Me either." I said that I would, I said me personally, uh, me personally, I would only accept if the Lakers, the Bucks, or the Clippers won a championship because I felt like those are the only three teams that I could really see win a championship this year. Mm. I would be like, whatever, like if they one of them win it, it's whatever. But anybody else, I'm like, uh, a little <laughs> fishy here because I'm not sure if, if anybody else would have pull, could pull it off during normal conditions. Um, so if the Celtics beat the Lakers, I'll be like, uh, because I don't I don't feel like the Caesar are necessarily ready to win a championship. I mean I, I love Tatum. I think Tatum is on on his verge of becoming a superstar. Yeah. Um becoming a top a top ten um player in this league. Cause before the season got, got suspended, he was cooking. He was cooking. That Sunday that Sunday game in LA when they played the Lakers, I'm like, oh he was man. going crazy. Yo, he's, he's cooking right now. I think he had too, dog. Yeah, I was like, yo, I think he had thirty. I think he had thirty nine that game. Yeah, I'm like, 40. oh, this dude, yeah, clean forty. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's one we want to round up because forty. <laughs> but yeah, yo, he was cooking like this dude. Is, he's really special, but I'm not sure if he's there right now. And I feel like their size, like they lack depth. They lack like like size. Um, yeah. on the um, with their with their center and power forward position. Like I feel like I feel like if they were to play the the Sixers, especially with this current situation that we're in right now. That could be a tricky matchup for them, just because I believe the the Sixers won the, the season series three to one. Yep, like they have the, they have a lot of sides with Embiid and Horford down there that can really like disturb them, um, especially a, a player like Kemba who's who's small, who I love, who has game, but he's small. Um, so all those trees at the basket can really like disrupt him, um, and throw him off rhythm. So I feel like that will be a tough matchup for them. So I'm not really sure I can see them getting to the to the finals. Even in this, even in this current environment that we're in, in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm hoping everyone's hoping we can avoid them some way somehow. Good um, because yeah, it's just this year. I mean, last year um, it was a little different. You know, we had Horford, and it's just everyone was really. And I think I'm not sure how many games Kyrie played against them, but like I mean, like we had him last year. I mean, this year it's different though. Like they, it's like just like you said, the size when Embiid plays us. It, he doesn't look like the same player. My man, he's <laughs> to us any way that we he's falling. It's, you know, but it's just, you're right, man. It's like that size is just tough for us to overcome. And yeah, they're they're a deep team, you know, as well. So I mean it it is that's like the worst matchup for the season. Thing. Um but yeah, I mean I, that's 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 interesting though, because I, I think I, I I think I heard I think it was um Antonio Daniels um talking to like to Rob and, and um Chris Bussard on the on the radio show. And he was talking oh, okay. like he wouldn't put an asterisk over it because everyone's under the same type of conditions. Like, mm, yeah, there you go. And I thought that was interesting. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but like, you know, everyone's starting at the same time and it's just like, but like you said, I think there's different factors other than just hooping. Like there's, there's no, 
um, home court advantage anymore. Like the, you know, like people, the lack of interest, regardless of, of, you know, whether or not the players are pros or not, man, the lack of interest seems like it's there. So that that's that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be. Interesting. Who do you, I I need to ask you, <clears throat> like when everyone comes back, right? So let, let's say next year everyone everyone is playing, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you give the advantage to when everything is? When everyone's on like even keel, like NBA's back normally, you know, Steph's back, Steph and Clay are back for the Warriors. Um, who else is hurt? I'm trying KD, to got KD and Kyrie. Yeah, KD, KD, KD and Kyrie, like everyone's back. Who do you give the advantage to? I mean, I know this is you know a year away or whatever, but who who would you give the advantage to then? So you're saying like if everything was in normal conditions and going forward, like to the let's say like if the season was to like the new the new season was actually take place with normal conditions. Who would I give the advantage to? Yeah. Uh, I hate to say it, but the, the same team that I felt like was going to win the chip this year, uh, the, the Clippers. The Clippers? I, 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 I hate to say it, but I feel like that team, um, like LeBron arguably is still the best player in year 17, which is crazy to say. Mm. Um, but I feel like they have so many bodies and so many looks that they can throw out LeBron. I mean, you're, ne- you're never going to like like stop a player like LeBron from getting his. He's going to get his. But he may not be as efficient as he would on on the average team. I guess the average team. So they have a lot of looks they could throw at him with Kawhi, Paul George, um, the Morris twin. Yeah. Um, they could throw different bodies at him. And also, too, I'm not like, – AD's my guy, like, one of my top five favorite players to watch right now. But I'm not – he hasn't played in a, in, a meaningful, in a meaningful basketball game in his career. So I'm not sure how he's going to react in a situation when a series is 2-2, game five, on the road, like – I'm not. I'm not sure what to expect from him. Does he really have it in him to to be a dog in that current in that situation with the chips stacked stacked against you? Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. So throwing that that factor in and the fact that the Clippers are just so like so great on the perimeter defense, which I think is probably going to probably can be the best defensive perimeter team since the Bulls with Jordan, Pippen, and Harper. Like I would probably go with them. And, and Kawhi's game it just evolves like as an offensive player. Like I never thought that he would be this good offensively as from when he first arrived in the league when he was really more of a defensive specialist, a stopper. Like I never yeah. seen him like being this player that had this mentality to take over games. And like in an era where everybody loves the three ball, while he does shoot the three, like he really does more of his damage in the interior. Yeah. Like remember, remember like MJ slash Kobe like, like he's a he's a he's a cerebral assassin, doesn't say nothing, but he gets it done. So it, it's tough. Like I, I I would really go with them as being the best team. I hope the Lakers can prove me wrong. But I would I would say as a basketball fan, what I see, I'll go the Clippers in that situation. Yeah, I, I think I mean I think that makes sense. I, but I always and all the points you made make sense. Like, but especially with AD, man, it's like he's tough. But we never really seen him in any impactful games. Um, exactly. We saw I, that one game against the Warriors. I don't know. I want to say three or four years ago. I I don't know if that was Game Seven, but it went down to like to the wire. Um, and then I forget who took the shot. Like, AD didn't take the game in the shot or whatever. That said a lot. But I, I think – I always say, though, when everything's even, like no super teams, I give the advantage to LeBron most of the time, bro. Like, he just – he has something. And and I and with the Clippers, you know, this may not even impact um, – like, this may not have an impact on the Clippers. Like you said, they're a deep team. But, like, with, with LeBron – and when he has weapons at his disposal, when he has the same amount of weapons at his disposal that like everyone else does, he just figures out a way cerebrally to kind of 
figure out the other team and get everyone else to play at a level that allows him to, to be successful. Like mm-hmm. I can't, like I could see in a, in a, in like a, the simulation in my mind, I could see them playing the Clippers in the Western conference finals. And I could see them, you know, throwing Kawhi on them. And I can see them th- even throwing Pat Bev on them. And I can see like, you know, I can, I can see it being tough for him, but I can then see him figuring out a way. Cause, cause that's how, you know, the, like the greats became that way. Like Jordan, like the games, I remember like um before the last dance started, right? I was watching a lot of Jordan games. They're trying to get ready for him, get ready for the doc or whatever. And like the best games that he had were the ones that he had to figure it out. Like not even the, you know, we're not talking about the Celtics game. We're not we're not talking about um this not even the series against the Suns when he just murked Dan Molly. That shit was crazy. But I'm talking <laughs> about like the one like the ones he had to figure out. You feel me? And like those are the games where they should have won. And it's just like me. I think LeBron has that same Kobe, Kobe too. Like they just have that thing in them where it's like, all right, they take a look at the they take a look at the chessboard, they take a look at the, the court, and they're just like, okay, we we definitely have deficiencies against what they have, but I'm gonna figure out a way for us to, to navigate this through. If we get if we're close, we're good. You feel me? like if the game is close at all, then I think you know you have to give the advantage to LeBron and Kobe, MJ, you know, like Kawhi. Right, like you just got to give it to, to these guys that figure out time and time again how to come out on top, bro. So I, I think that would be that would be dope. Everything you said makes perfect sense. Like it, they in, in in actuality, they LeBron shouldn't you know really be able to make any, like the Clippers are so good defensively that they can they can't neutralize LeBron, but they can slow him down enough where he can't make anyone else better. And then then yeah. that, that's the ball game right there, bro. So that, that's yeah. tough to see. How, how you think? How you think Kawhi and, and Kate, uh, Kawhi, man, that Kyrie and Katie are gonna be together? You think it's gonna work out? Uh, I, I'm I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. I mean, from a talent standpoint, I, I would I would think there would be at least a top two team in the East with Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, as long as Giannis is still there. Um, but like KD, KD's a little weird to me from that from this standpoint. His his issue with leaving. OKC to go to Golden State was that he wanted to feel like he wanted to be in a system where it wasn't so ball dominant, but he wanted to be in a free flowing offense. But his man movement and ball movement, yeah. he didn't like it. Like we're going to be in some, with ball stoppers. Yeah. Well, Kyrie is one of the <laughs> ultimate ball stoppers in the league. Facts. Man, he, he's talented, talented, like crazy. I think the best hand, ball handler um, of all time. But he doesn't move the ball. So in that case, like I, I can see friction um, coming between those two. Now, unlike Russ, Kyrie's a, a, a way better shooter than Russ ever ever jumped to being. Yeah. So I guess that can kind of somewhat balance it out. But I, I just don't know how those two personalities are going to deal with the scrutiny that's going to come um, from playing in the number one media market on the country. Um, so there's going to be a lot of heat on them night in and night out. And you know those two aren't media friendly at all. No. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But from a talent standpoint, I mean, they should be they should be fine and at least be a top two team in the um, in the uh, Eastern Conference. I mean, KD's had like a, a serious injury that ended a lot of people's careers that were never quite the same. But unlike a lot of players who have the torn Achilles, um, KD's game isn't predicated on athleticism. Like he's an, he's athletic, but his game isn't predicated on it. He's a shooter first and foremost, and He's gonna be able to shoot like he does for like from now until the rest of his life. So he's gonna get able to get twenty five in his sleep. So eighty percent of Kevin Kevin Durant is like probably ninety five percent of like the rest of the league for yeah, the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like, I, I'll take seventy five percent of KD any day. Like, yeah, that, that'll be cool. I that's the that's the, I agree though. Like, you hit it on the head, bro. When you said like he left, he left, and granted he was a little younger, so whatever. But he left OKC 
to be part of an off of a free a free flowing offense. He wanted to have fun. It looks like now, and, and this and like you could. It doesn't seem like he wants to be a lead. He wants to be in a leadership role. Like Kyrie is probably going to be the leader of that team, as bad as leader as he's been. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably going to be the one to speak up most of the time. And it's just like <clears throat> I don't really see how. Like I can see him being successful. I mean, he was successful with Russ. You feel me? Like I could, they, they could probably be successful, but yeah. I, and just from like a, a happiness standpoint, I'm not sure if he realizes that. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking to him, but maybe, maybe he is. You know? <laughs> I, I do think though that um, they're gonna be so like it, when, when I think they're gonna figure it out. They're two smart ball, ball players. Like Kyrie's a pretty smart player, bro. Like. Just, just oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just like I mean, you know, he he kind of has that uh, mentally, where where like he gets it. Um, I think they will roll though. Like they, they, you know, we may see some winning streaks just off them just going nuts, and then everyone else they just might elevate everyone else's game just because they're they're going crazy like that. But yeah, I I, I do agree. I mean, when Kyrie was with us, we we won what like eight, how much did we win in a row? Like eighteen in a row that we 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 lost that first game against Cleveland when when Gordon went down. I mean, yeah. second game, and then we won. Like, we won maybe, I think, like, 18 in a row or some shit. Like, like I was like, 16, 16, 16 to 18, 16, I think? 16 to 18 in a row. And it's yeah. just like, so, you know, like, we people want to play with them. So, but it's just like, but I agree, man. Like, you know, when it gets too crazy, or, or maybe if they don't win a ring, maybe Katie, maybe they, they have different thoughts. Like, it seems like the first time of trouble, these guys kind of, they frail up a little bit. So, I don't know. But it, it's going to be entertaining as hell, though. I'll tell you that shit. In fact, yeah, I was, I was actually watching uh, this morning on YouTube. I was watching Game Five of the Seventeen Finals when they were when they beat Cleveland four games to so one. Uh, uh, KD is like, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people don't like KD for that decision of going to Golden State. I wasn't a fan of it at all. Like that was my guy, and I was really upset. But from a talent standpoint, like he Ooh. makes it look so. I, I think he is like, I've never seen any player, wing player, make scoring look so so, so effortless like KD. Like this dude looks like come down, pull up from thirty, hit you mid range, got handle. I mean, he's damn near seven feet if he's not seven feet. He's like probably yeah. six eleven. So, anyway, handle can pull up from thirty. Guy can put you in the post. It's crazy. Like to, I, I think it's a top three shooting guard of all. I mean, small forward of all time, along with Bron and Larry Bird. Um, so there was yeah, the game. Like, he's just too good for them not to be at least like a top two um, seed in the Eastern Conference. In 2017, they played us right. Mm-hmm. The first game, Kate, the first game against us when KD was on the Warriors, mm-hmm. we got smoked, bro. When I tell you, KD, there was a stretch where KD might have taken five shots and hit all five without dribbling. Like, yo, he's the most, he's the most efficient scorer I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen anyone score so easily before. Like, that's not Shaq. Mm-hmm. Like, my man, or, I mean, like he just like, just like. Like, I don't – like, I think scoring to him, I think it's, like, it, it's something that he knows he has in a bag. Like, it's, like, he's mastered the art of scoring. Like, some people that just, yeah, oh yeah. they will always be able to score. And, like, the in that game, I realized he's different. There's some players that, like, all right, we, like, these players is different. Like, LeBron – like, him compared to, like, other people when they play. Like, just the size and just, like, his movements are different. Like, you can't fuck with that. And so, I, yeah. I think when you, when you have two players kind of like that, like, Kyrie's the same – but like, there's a little bit more effort in the shit because <laughs> just just because he like you know he's always going crazy, he's always dancing. But when this when you have a player like KD who can make it look easy, and then a player like Kyrie who can kind of make he can kind of put flash into um, he can put flash into effectiveness, whereas he can make it, it it's easy to him, but he's making it look t- a little tough. 
Like, I think when you have two players that play together like that, um, it's going to be – it's tough to, like, game plan for them. Like, it's tough to really – like it's it's tough to to stop them and to stop them from doing what they want to do, stop them from getting to where they want to get to, and then it's really up to them whether or not they want to make everyone else better because like they can't be stopped. So, now nah, I, I hear you, bro. But yeah, that that he different. Like those those type of dudes are different. Yeah, fact, man. Like like KD's like you can watch a watch, watch a game with KD playing and and just but by watching it, you'll you'll look at the stats after like he had like he had that much like 30, 35 or forty points, but like KD's points don't come as loud as like some of the other great scores like a Mike yeah. or a Kobe yeah, because yeah. he plays within the flow of the offense. So he doesn't, he doesn't ball dominate. He can move without the ball, set a screen for him, pop and shoot, hit it. And, he, and he's very good at drawing contact and getting, to, getting himself to the free throw line where he's like 89, 90% from the free throw line. Yeah. So his points aren't, aren't really loud, but when you look at the stats, you're like, yo, he was, he was cooking. Cooking. <laughs> Efficient. He, you know, he, like, he doesn't take a lot of shots. Like he takes a lot, but he doesn't seem like it. And that's, like, that's like the play you want, man. Like the play you don't be hunting, but gets buckets. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So I, I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. That's why I was like, that's kind of the not to go back to like content that you did before, but like when you when you and Mano were talking about AI and Steph. Yeah, um, that's su- that's such a good. I love, that's my favorite podcast so far, bro. Aside I appreciate from, it, man. Aside from this one, of course, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, there was just such a good argument because that's real, like. Who like who had more impact? You know, like AI. You know, just like they were, they're two different types of players, but their impacts are both great. So I yeah, mean, that's kind of why it's like the same type of stuff, bro. That's why it's good. It was all good content. A fact, man. I appreciate it. Um, well, uh, we could wrap up the part right here. Um, you have anything? Anything you want to plug for the listeners? Um, yeah, you know, I just want to tell everyone to you know, do what you go for the dreams that you want to go for. Um, donate to all organizations that support um, Black Lives Matter, that support um, social and racial equality. Donate to all those organizations. Do what you need to do to um, to make a difference. Um, just support everyone who, who is for the equality of uh, Black people and everyone who is for the opportunities before everyone that's for providing more opportunities to people of color, minorities, <clears throat> and, and uh, everyone that looks like us. So do that. Um, I want to plug, um, of course, my my Instagram, tp underscore jamboy. Uh, just go on there. If you like, if you see something you like, you know, reach out to me via DM. You can reach out to me um, by email, tori, T-O-R-Y-P-D, at 35 at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to me there. Um, Twitter, I don't really, you could look at my Twitter, tp twitty. I don't really... Like, I don't promote anything on Twitter. I just be tweeting, but hey, check it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, make sure you, you, you continue to tune in to my man E's podcast. It's good content, man. He's putting on for our city, putting on for the culture. Um, make sure you listen to King Fire's music. Make sure you stream that. Simply Sinclair, make sure you look at his stuff too, man. Everyone doing their thing. Rob Lou, the Millie blog. Oh. Uh, everyone, man. It's just, I, I, I don't, I never did a shout out before, so I'm trying to think of like everyone. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know, everyone, everyone, um, you know, committed to making a change for the better. Just you know, follow them and support them. And if um, you you're doing something, you know, reach out to everyone else to make sure they support you, man. You know, we're, we're a tribe. We're all trying to, <clears throat> we're all trying to uh, make make things work for each other. We're all trying to grow. We're all trying to learn. So let's do that as a team, man. And continue to, continue to tune in and uh, watch out for more content from your boy TP. 
All right, man. I like that. I like that. Shout out to everybody. You got to put everybody on, man. It's for everybody. Facts, man. Well, I appreciate you for coming on, my guy. I'll holler at you. This will be up uh, Monday. Sounds good. Sounds good, man. I'll, I'll, plug, I'll plug as much as I can, man. Appreciate you for, for taking the time and reaching out to me, man. And you know, we got to do so. I got to shoot something, man. We got to do some more stuff together, bro, because I, I know you be working. So I'm looking forward to working with you in the future. Oh, fast. We, we, we can set something up, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm all for it. All right, fam. All right, we'll, we'll talk later. All right, Stay blessed, bro. brother. Have a good one. You too. Peace. You too. All right, special thanks to the homie Tori. I appreciate you for coming on this episode. Great conversation. Uh, and best of luck at what you're doing now and going forward. Thank you to Anchor. And of course, thank you guys for listening. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button as the Mr. Vincent podcast is available on several platforms that include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can keep up with me as well on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at MrVincent13. And you can also like my Facebook fan page as well, Emmanuel Vincent. Um, That's all the time we have for now. Um, I'm working on getting another pod out on Friday, so be on the lookout for that. Until next time, you guys stay blessed, stay safe, take care.